the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. As we count the Omer and look forward to Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, revival should be on our minds. Amen? So let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. Oh Lord, we are thankful for all the gifts you have given us. And we are here today praying, oh Lord, expecting and believing for a great revival. Move mightily upon my heart, the hearts of my family, our congregation, the, the radio listeners, the, the, the Tampa Bay area, the, the, the state of Florida, the country, oh Lord, our country, Israel, the world. Father, we are praying for worldwide revival. So we ask, oh Lord, that you would pour out your spirit in a new and a fresh way. We give you all the praise and all the honor and the glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. All right. Well, uh, you know, before we begin, I would just mention to you that it's wonderful for those people uh, who are supporting this program. We really appreciate it, uh, especially during this virus. Uh, it's been a little rough on the finances. Um, we, we'd appreciate if you send an offer. Uh, an offering um, to keep us on the air, okay? Um, but let's begin our program with Counting of the Omer. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech halam Asher kedishanu b'mitzvot ha-vitivanu al-sifarat ha-omer Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the third day of the sixth week, and day number 38, I have counted the Omer. And for those of you who have been with me for a while, you know that now we read some scriptures based on today's uh, reading. And Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of God is purified. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. 
and Isaiah 41, 9 and 10. I took hold of you from the ends of the earth and called from its outermost parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you, not rejected you. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, surely I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then, of course, Romans 14:4, And whatever was written before was written for our instructions, so that, so that through patience and the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. God's word encourages us. And we need to drink from his word every day. It gives us nourishment. We need that in order to have a strong, positive, uh, positive attitude, especially during this time when the world is in despair, right? So our challenge is to just find uh, an encouraging verse and pray it. And I'd love to hear how that touches you. Do it every day. But now let's begin with our subject today, which is revival, and we'll be talking about this for a few weeks. There's a, uh, IVP's Dictionary of Christianity in America gives us this de definition. Revivalism is the movement that promotes periodic spiritual intensity in church life during which the unconverted come to Yeshua and the converted are shaken out of their spiritual lethargy. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yes, and I did change it to Yeshua. <laughs> they didn't write Yeshua. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's all about people coming to the Lord and people who are believers becoming excited about the Lord, right? Uh, Spurgeon said it this way, the word revive wears its meaning upon its forehead. It is from the Latin and may be interpreted thus, to live again, to receive again a life which was, has almost expired, to rekindle into a flame the vital spark which was nearly extinguished. Oh, I like that. Well, certainly there can be either corporate revival or personal revival. But I'd like to start out here by looking at nine characteristics of revival. Are you ready? You can write these down if you'd like. <laughs> Number one, believers are transformed from lethargy to excitement about God. Number two, believers are continuously evangelizing. Number three, sinners are saved. Number four, sermons focus on sin and salvation, not theology and culture. Number five, believers are touched by the music and sermons in a greater and more exciting way. Number six, greater unity. We, we find greater unity in the body of believers. Number seven, spiritual gifts seem to appear in greater intensity and frequency. Number eight, believers have a greater ability to overcome sin. And number nine, our culture and our society becomes influenced by us. Well, those are nine fantastic 
characteristics of revival. And you know, Friday, May 29th, is Shavuot, or Pentecost. It is all about revival. So as we see it take place in Acts 2, let's go back and read these nine characteristics again as it pertains to chapter 2 of the book of Acts. Okay, number one, believers are transformed from lethargy to excitement about God. And there certainly was a great excitement, both by believers and non-believers. Whatever is going on in our lives, God becomes number one. And there, it's obvious that God became number one in Acts 2 with those who believe. Number two, believers are continuously evangelizing. Well, the book of Acts is all about sharing the good news, right? And Peter, who struggles to speak about the Lord at the time of his resurrection, receives spiritual and biblical insight in order to preach without fear, right? Three, sinners were, are saved. Well, 3,000 were saved in Acts 2. And let me just say, remember, Acts 2 is Shavuot, is Pentecost, okay? Now, interesting enough, those 3,000 were saved. If you want to look at another time in Shavuot history, which was the giving of God's word at Mount Sinai in Exodus 32, 28, when some chose idols instead of God, and Moses said, to the people, well, choose what side you're on, God or an idol. And so uh, at that point, 3,000 were killed. So it's interesting to uh, look at those two and, and, and see what God is trying to say to us, right? Number four, sermons focus on sin and salvation, not theology and culture. Well, certainly, Peter's message was all about salvation, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, number five, believers are touched by music and sermons in a greater, more exciting way. Well, obviously, Peter was transformed to give that message, and the listeners were transformed to receive his message. Uh, number six, greater unity in the body of believers. That's always amazing to me. There was so much unity that they were sharing meals and daily, uh, every day, and even sharing their finances, which, wow. That is really unheard of, right? That is a revival, amen? <laughs> Seven, spiritual gifts seem to appear more um, in greater intensity and frequency. So certainly there was an understanding in Acts 2 that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were expected with each salvation. I mean, there, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and, and some of the signs were speaking in tongues, which seemed to be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit touching people's lives. And we're not going to get into whether that's true for today still or not. Um, just understand that God wants to see us revive, and he wants to see us using the gifts that he has given us and everything else we're not going to talk about today, right? And number eight, believers have a greater ability to overcome sin. Oh, absolutely. Part of salvation is turning away from the world and the temptations of sin, right, to a life dedicated to God and trusting him for the victory. And obviously, these people did this in Acts 2, without a doubt. 
And number nine, our culture and our society was influenced. Well, with all the activity of what was going on with the Lord, the culture was strongly influenced, tremendously influenced. In fact, all these Jewish people coming to the Lord, but the culture around it, the Gentile believers, uh, people started believing as well. So they were strongly affected by the move of God's Spirit, uh, even though they weren't Jewish, right? So how do you and I get revived? Well, I wish I knew totally, but I believe it's a supernatural work of God. We we can do everything perfectly and not get revived, because revival comes from God's grace at his timing. However, we have to decide whether our actions are going to be based on waiting for uh, God's revival time, or our actions are going to be based on our love for God and knowing that these are the things that God wants us to do. And so this is, like everything else, a faith walk, right? We must... Okay, so everybody jumps on me when I say this, but I want you to think about it. We must be a hypocrite for God. Okay, so before you hang, uh, you know, turn off your radio... Let me explain. You know, it, being a hypocrite is feeling one way and acting differently, right? The definition of a hypocrite is a person who puts on a false appearance, a virtue, or a person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs or feelings. Stay with me here. Before you get upset, let me explain. So let's take First Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. Rejoice always, pray constantly, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. Well, does rejoice always mean always? Does that mean even when I feel sad, depressed, angry, and irritated? If I rejoice when I feel bad, am I a hypocrite? Well, some people would say absolutely. People could say, I'm not being honest with my emotions. I feel one way and act another. Isn't that a hypocrite? A hypocrite is a pretender or a deceiver. But that's what faith is all about. Not seeing, but, but being a child of God, knowing what he wants from us, even though we don't necessarily see the results of, of that feeling. On the other hand, we're not a hypocrite. We are not a hypocrite. Let me try this again. We are not a hypocrite because we understand that a hypocrite preaches one thing and does another. So I guess if I'm preaching rejoice always and I don't rejoice always, then I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) Actually, either way, people are going to see us as crazy or a hypocrite. So just enjoy yourself. Don't worry about it, right? Um, so, or as the scripture says, in everything, give thanks. Are you ready to do that? Everything? Yes, everything. <laughs> if we gave thanks to God in all situations, would we ever be angry with anybody, <laughs> even if they did something really hurtful? Well, I believe in the same way. We're to act as though we are revived, 
even if we don't feel like it at the moment. And one of the things I want to do is I, I want to prayerfully uh, look at, at God and what he desires for me. And, and so my picture of a revived person um, is a lot to do with Isaiah 60, 1 through 4. I'm sure you've heard me recite this scripture often because it's really one of my favorites. The Ruach of Adonai Elohim, the, the spirit of, Adon, of the Lord God, is on me because Adonai has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor, the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Adonai, that he may be glorified. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, they will restore former desolations, they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. To me, this is revival. If I am that person, I am revived. <laughs> I would be anointed to spread the good news. I'd, I'd see miracles as people are set free. I'd be able to comfort those who mourn. And uh, I would be a disciple. And I would disciple others. And, and they would become uh, oaks of righteousness as I minister to them. And I would be glorifying God because everyone would know that he was responsible for all of this. And I'd see the results of my work as cities that were desolate for a long time would be repaired by the very people I ministered to. To me, this is revival. This is revival. This is what I'm praying for personally and corporately. What am I going to do? do in my efforts to see this happen? Well, number one, I'm going to desire it. I want to desire revival. I want to be saturated and consumed by this desire. I want to trust God for this desire. I am going to expect God to do this. I'm going to be persistent in my expectation. Secondly, I'm going to fast from Tuesday evening May 19th to Friday evening, May 29th, and pray for revival. Will you join me? Will you join me? Tuesday, May 19th to Friday, May 29th. So we'll end the, the fast and prayer, extra prayer time for revival on Pentecost, on Shavuot, on the Feast of Weeks. Don't ask me what kind of fast. I'm not sure yet. I don't know. Maybe I'll give up some food or an activity or something. And obviously, I'm going to ask our congregation to join me. We actually opened up last week. Not that a lot of people came, but we did open up. And uh, we practiced our social distancing, right? And so I'm going to picture in my mind what I look like as a person going through revival and I am going to try and be that person. Will you join me? We all know the scripture, Second Chronicles 7.14. Do you know the verses that come right before it? 
Well, let's look. Verse 11. Thus Solomon finished the house of Adonai and the king's palace. Indeed, all that Solomon had on his heart to accomplish in the house of Adonai and in his own palace, he successfully completed. Then Adonai appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Wow. And that's when he says, when my people who are called by my name. But, but God is giving us a prescription to stop plagues and viruses and pestilence and, and the, all the things that want to devour us and devour our land. So now we read, when my people over whom my name is called humble themselves, that's one, pray, seek my face meaning God's face, and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So I'm called by God's name. I'll humble myself by fasting. I will pray more. I will seek God's face by seeking to listen more closely to his voice and devote more time to him. I will seek to die to myself in order not to sin against the Lord, more than my usual effort. You know, Lord, you promised that you will hear my voice. You promised that you would forgive my sin. And Lord, in this scripture, you also promised that you would heal my land. And I believe the Lord will heal our land through a revival. Lord, sin revival. We want God to heal the virus in our land. We want God to heal the sin in our land. We want God to transform the people of our land. We want God to bring unity in our land. We want God to make our politicians and media care about others more than themselves and their ideology, right? What is your hope that God will bring through revival? Family, salvation, reconciliation? Our Homes need revival. Our churches and synagogues need revival. This nation and the world needs revival. But no military power can bring revival. No economic upturn brings revival. No election can bring a revival. Revival is a sovereign move of the sovereign Lord. So when believers are revived, they live uh, more consistently. They make their homes more holy and more happy, and this leads uh, the ungodly to envy them and inquire about their secret. Will you join me in this fast from May 19th to May 29th, 10 days, and we end with Shavuot or Pentecost. God is calling us to raise our expectations of what he is going to do. Well, we don't have any more time. If you feel this program is valuable, please support us. We certainly could use it. Uh, call Karen at 813-831-5673 and make a pledge right over the phone. Or email us at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Uh, I pray that the Lord will be your first priority. And I pray that uh, you will grow in your uh, desire to have a heart like a, the heart of Messiah 
And as we close in prayer, I just pray that Psalm 85.7 will be in your heart. Will you not revive us again so your people may rejoice in you, Lord? Thank you, Father. And Isaiah 57.15, for this is the high and the exalted one who inhabits eternity whose name is holy i dwell in a high and holy place yet also with a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite lord please reign on us i pray this in the name of yeshua amen father i thank you and praise you for this season i pray that each person listening to my voice will have a great season of worshiping you and that they will be involved with this these moedim these appointed times that you have made thousands of years ago for us even this day i pray for great health for all that are listening i pray for protection over this virus and i pray that it will be just a great week where you will be encouraged in the lord and i pray this all in the name of yeshua amen you are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah, the God of Israel